At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. All righty. Welcome to it, folks. It is time for the start of another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. Hope you're doing well on this July 12th. Pretty nice day here in the Windy City. Can't complain. We got some baseball games to look forward to this afternoon and this evening as well. We got a doubleheader with the Southsiders who uh, continue to just look abysmal. Lance Lynn, what the hell are you doing? I don't know what's going on with the White Sox. Do you? Do they even know what's going on? We know La Russa doesn't. Jeez, we'll talk about that and some of the reports happening around the locker room. We'll talk about the Cubbies tonight. They take on the Orioles at the friendly confines. And we'll talk about the pentathlon. That's right, VEASAN's baseball betting contest. Lance Lynn screwed me last night, plain and simple. That was my pick, and I'll I'll recap that momentarily. But today's uh, festivities include picking one underdog and one favorite. Now, you can bet first fives, although I probably won't be doing that. I have a few games that I'm circling out, one that I actually have made a selection on, so we'll get to that probably in the second part of this episode. We'll begin with all the Chicago sports action, but then we'll get into what I'm doing for VEASAN's betting pentathlon for the baseball contest. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out with all the other VEASAN shows and hosts that are partaking. Uh, Monday through Friday is my show for Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, where you can get a hold of that on the Marquee Sports Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, and many other affiliates. 
But recapping last night, basically, this is what went down. I was talking about that White Sox game against the, why am I thinking, the Guardians. Sorry, I forgot who they played for a second. But the Guardians have just absolutely owned the White Sox. The White Sox have not won a game at Progressive Field this season, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm listening on my way home from Rush Hour. And I'm listening to Len Casper, sounding pretty depressed being on the White Sox broadcast. If I must say so myself, that's just the honest truth. And they're saying how wonky of an inning it's been for Lance Lynn. And lo and behold, long story short, he gives up five earned runs in the first inning. And uh, yeah, I took the first five under five for that game. I thought that, hey, Lance Lynn could at least have a serviceable start. And then on the other side, uh, Cal Quantrill, I just figured that the White Sox would maybe struggle to hit him, being a righty in more of a pitcher's park. But we don't need to get into it. Brutal game, brutal loss, bad all around, one of the worst losses I've had because it was an immediate loss. So I guess you're ripping the Band-Aid off right away. So it's not the worst case scenario in that regard, but really stood no chance whatsoever at any point in that game. So we had that as a Danny's dime as well, so we lost out on that one. But we did bounce back a little bit, took the over with the Red Sox and the Rays over seven and a half runs. I think that one came through in like the third. So uh, that was a quick win, which was nice. Didn't have to sweat that one out too much. But still not an ideal performance back from the week off. Shaking some rust off of the old shoulders, but uh, no excuses. We got to be better, and that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. So our baseball record goes to 46-37-2 on the year from Rush Hour and from the Chicago City cast combined. Yeah, so 1-1 one one last night. The White Sox not treating me too well. Uh, Lance Lynn specifically, but uh, it is what it is. But the White Sox can't even get the job done themselves. Lose 8-4. to four. They almost came back, but then the White Sox pitching staff continued to do what they do best, which is give up runs. Simple as that. And it's going to be tough tonight because he got a doubleheader. Well, one starting at about noontime. So I'm not going to get too deep into that because, again, a lot of times when you guys are listening to this, it's probably post-start time for the early games. Or it's just too close for comfort to actually bet it but really quick looks like it's davis martin for the white Sox and shane bieber for cleveland that's all you need to know basically cleveland open minus 164 white Sox plus 140 total at about eight i virtually had the same lines for my opening line so uh, nothing that really stood out to me the market's been moving toward cleveland how could it not? The White Sox not only struggle against righties, but you're going up against one of the best righties in Major League Baseball. And again, you can't beat Cleveland on the road, clearly, or in general, really. And he did dominate the White Sox already. 11-1 the last time Bieber faced him. The Guardians won. He went six innings, four hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts. So it's probably going to be another L for the White Sox in the first part of this doubleheader. But then you move along to Game 2, and this is a game... Not only do you believe the White Sox should win, but one that they absolutely need to win. I had them opening up minus 150. I had Cleveland plus 130 and the total at 8. Now, Bet Rivers actually has more conviction on the Sox here. Minus 169 is where they opened the Southsiders, and they had Cleveland plus 154. They put the total at 8.5. The reason you're getting a lot of love for the Sox here is because you got your ace, Dylan Cease, taking the bump. Who on the road has an ERA of 177 and a 316 FIP. Very impressive. 
He didn't have the best outing against Cleveland as one time he faced them. And it was on the road when 5.1 innings, allowed 8 hits, 4 earned runs, and the Guardians won 6-3. So maybe that should cause some hesitation with laying about minus 170 with Dylan Cease and the White Sox. And even if that didn't, you just know how he's volatile from time to time and just how unstable this White Sox offense and bullpen is. Now Cease on the year is 7-4 with a 2.45 ERA, a great FIP of 2.81, he is walking over four guys per nine innings, so again, he's all over the place sometimes. But he's also, conversely, striking out 13 per nine innings. 314 Sierra, 123 whip. You know his numbers are great, you just don't know when that terrible outing from him is going to come. Probably won't come tonight in Game 2 against the Guardians. Usually in a doubleheader, you look for them to split. So assuming the White Sox lose the first, hopefully they can tally up a dub in the second. Because they're going against Connor. Pilkington, the southpaw, who's 1-1 one one with a 4.08 ERA, a 3.70 FIP. He's walking over five guys per nine innings, and he's got a 3.46 BABIP, which is not good at all. And a bad whip of 167, bad Sierra of 4.71. He's been better on the road than he is at home, oddly. But it is what it is. Oh, and the big news, if I didn't say it already, Pilkington's a southpaw. The White Sox, best team in the big leagues, hitting against lefties, 800 OPS, 349 BABIP, 345 weighted on base average, and a 126 weighted runs created plus. So yes, the White Sox don't win that game. I don't know what the hell's happening at this point. I already don't know what the hell's happening. But apparently Bob Nightingale does. Yeah, Bob Nightingale was on Perkins and Spiegel local radio show. I'm sure you know it out here in Chicago. Love listening to them. But Bob Nightingale was telling him that Chicago White Sox players are telling opposing players that there are cliques and a lack of leadership in the White Sox clubhouse. Oh, really? You think? Is it surprising there are cliques? Maybe. You would think and hope your favorite baseball team, not my favorite baseball team, but one that I'm invested in, you would hope that they would all be friends, all be chipper, all be in this together, and they could rally around the fact of, Tony La Russa stinking, the front office just setting them up for failure. The front office isn't setting them up for failure. It's more so they set them up for failure specifically with the acquisition of Tony La Russa. I just still don't get it. Who does? Nobody. Nobody. But you would think that they would rally around that and kind of be together as one, as a unit, player-wise. Well, apparently that's not the case. Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson, they're not stepping up. I don't know. You know, Dallas Keuchel was a mess. Obviously, he's gone, but that didn't help leadership-wise like they hoped. Lance Lynn struggling right now. Probably not going to be your leader. Newer guy to the team. Kata was injured for a decent amount of time. It's Tim Anderson's team to be the leader. Is he more focused on himself? It's pathetic what's happening with the White Sox. And you know what? After hearing that and assuming that they lose this series now against the Guardians, yeah, I just don't know if there is going to be value anymore in the second half of this season for the White Sox. Unless they turn something around against the Twins in that upcoming series before the break. I just don't know if that's going to come. I don't know if that is going to come. But game two, yeah, they're a big favorite. Uh, let's see, where did they move up to now? So by the way, for game one, actually the Guardians are minus 167, totals at eight. 
Uh, for game two, what we're a little bit more focused on here. The White Sox are now up to, if it will ever show me, minus 162. So it's kind of moved down. Pardon me. I thought it originally had some other books moved the other way. Now it's the minus 162. The Guardians plus 138. Total is at eight for this game as well. And the run line for the White Sox, plus 102. You want to take the run and the hook with the Guardians, minus 127. <laughs> it's funny, now that I'm kind of looking at it, it's like, eh, maybe the Guardians is the underdog play for the pentathlon isn't the worst idea, just because of how poor the White Sox had been in this situation. So bad. So bad. But they should win this game. They got to win this game. And if not, then give it up. Give it a damn rest. What are you doing at this point? Man. I mean, diehard White Sox fans, how are you feeling? Because I've had friends who have been pessimistic the whole year. I mean, originally they're like, ah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And then now it's been, all right, we're kind of screwed. This is just who they are. And it clearly is. And it's not like last night was a total obliteration or disastrous loss. I mean, it was disastrous in the sense of Lance Lynn just looking terrible. But it's just like another one tacked on another one. And you know game one's not going to be great against Bieber. And you're just praying that Dylan Cease does not have a brutal outing. Man, and then you're hearing these reports. I mean, how could that not be what's assumed? You have to do something if you are the front office of the White Sox. How is this not the most obvious answer of all time? Hockey, they do it all the time. The Phillies got a nice little spark from firing Girardi. Get rid of La Russa. How many more idiotic, asinine things does the old decrepit man have to do before you let him go? Why does he even want to be there? Go retire to Florida, dude. It's just... It's just disappointing and disrespectful to your fan base honestly you're just laughing in their face right now my goodness how boneheaded could you be if you're the organization for the chicago white Sox? figure it the hell out it's pathetic and you're wasting talent and look it's not that the cubs front office and organization is doing anything spectacular at the moment far from it but the expectations were not there it's not a rebuild yeah we all know it's a rebuild but man, at least even the Cubs can be competitive from time to time. They're doing better as of late. Like, they'll give you these spurts. The White Sox will give you nothing. They'll give you disappointment and sadness. Welcome to Chicago sports, folks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look. If they lose game one, I guess if you get a good enough price for game two, that's the only way I'd look about it, would be to bet the White Sox. I put the total at about eight because, look, even if the White Sox do get out to a lefty, if Cease is on one, then maybe they could win this game like 6-1 or 6-0, 5-2. Something good enough to just get them over the edge, but not really a higher scoring game. I'm not going to touch it, though, personally. I'll tell you that right now. But I do have some betting interest, perhaps, in this Cubs game tonight. Yes, the Cubbies taking on the Baltimore Orioles once again. Didn't go so great when they were on the road against Baltimore, but maybe they can get some revenge here at the friendly confines. Currently, you do see the Cubs as a small favorite at the Bet River Sportsbook, minus 115. The Orioles, minus Bucko 3. And let's see, the total up to 9 now. Overs, minus 115. Unders, minus 104. 
plus one and a half on the run line is minus 205 with Baltimore. If you want to lay the run on the hook with the Cubbies, plus 170 is the price you are getting. Okay. Well, who's starting for each respective team? Jordan Lyles, the righty for Baltimore, has not had the best year. 5-7, ERA, 4-15 FIP, 140 on his whip, and a 435 Sierra. And on the road, he is terrible, folks. 589 ERA, 366 weighted on base average, and a 538 FIP. Yikes! Not good for Jordan Lyles, that is for sure. Adrian Sampson taking the bump for the Cubbies. The young pitcher has started three games, accumulated a record of 0-0. Zero zero. He's got a nice ERA, 291. Very nice FIP, 297. He's got a 102 whip, a 341 Sierra, so some promising numbers from the young kid, and a 7.9 strikeout rate per nine innings. At home, 327 ERA, 289 Woba, and a 293 FIP. Now, he had one really bad outing, and that was versus Boston at Wrigley last weekend. Uh, or two weekends ago, whatever you want to call it. 5.1 innings pitched, 8 hits, 5 runs. The Cubs did win 6-5, to five, but again, that was his worst outing up to date. And now you're getting a Baltimore team coming to your home field that really is not hitting righties that well. And it gets even worse on the road, but here are their overall numbers versus righties. 686 OPS. 279 batting average of balls in play. 301 Woba and a 93 WRC plus. Remember, you want that number to be at 100 or above. Now, Baltimore is a very hot team right now. They're on an eight-game winning streak, and the wind is blown out to right field 13 miles per hour. But the Cubbies are hitting better against righties than the Orioles are. 716 OPS, 304 Babbitt. 315 weighted on base average and a 101 WRC plus. And at home, the numbers against righties do get better naturally. And you got the advantage you would think in the pitching side of things with Sampson over Lyles. And we just discussed why. What scares you about trusting the Cubbies here? Is it because Baltimore's on an insane hot streak? Yes. Is it because you just don't really fully trust the Cubbies in any given situation? Yes, but more importantly, it should be the bullpen. The Cubs have a bullpen ERA, one of the lowest, or rather one of the highest, part of me, of 445 and a whip of 134. In comparison to the Orioles, Baltimore's got a 325 bullpen ERA and a 121 whip. Yeah, you give the nod to the road team there. So I opened this game minus 115 and Baltimore minus 105. Bet Rivers opened this, Cubbies minus a buck 22 and Baltimore plus 105. We both had the total at 8.5. Remember, totals ticked up to 9, overs minus 115, wind is blown out. Currently, though, the money line more toward where I put it, minus 115 for the Cubbies, like I said, and Baltimore minus 103, I had a minus 105. I would lean toward the Cubs in this game. However, like I alluded to, there's no way in hell I'm trusting this bullpen. Why would you? How could you? Baltimore's a hot team. If their bats struggle against Sampson, at some point they will come alive. So what I'm contemplating here is the Cubs on the first five money line, naturally. Now, you are paying more of a price because this would be the assumed good position for the Cubbies, which I'm thinking, which is reflected on these odds, minus 124 at Bed Rivers for the Cubs on the first five money line. 
So this is what I am teetering back and forth on. Do I want to invest on the Cubs for the first five money lines? Should I wait to see where the lines move? Can we get a better number on them at any point? That's what I'm contemplating right now with this Cubs game. I don't hate the idea of betting that angle. It's never pretty to try to trust the Cubs, especially when you're only getting half the innings in the game. But yeah, minus 124. Best number in Illinois. At Bet Rivers, it looks like. Might be the move. Day off yesterday for both teams. Maybe that cools down Baltimore a little bit. Cubs get a nice resurgence. They've been on a decent streak. Not a streak, but decent week and a half, I guess you could say. So yeah, we'll get deeper into that tonight on Rush Hour. But if you want to get involved, my advice would be Cubs on the first five as opposed to the full game. You got the starting pitching advantage, it looks like, to the Cubbies. You got the bullpen advantage toward Baltimore, so that adds up to a recipe of a better first-half performance out of the home team and vice versa for the latter half, assuming Sampson ain't going that deep. So that would be my play for the Cubs game. We'll see if I make it official later tonight with Danny's Dime, so make sure you tune in or check out VEASAN's Best Bets log page for not only my best bets, but the entire network, show hosts, and guests. And for our pentathlon picks, yes, our baseball betting contest, five picks, different kinds of bets. Winner will be announced Friday morning on Follow the Money here on VEASAN. Yesterday was a total bet. Your boy took a fat L. Today we've got one underdog outright and one favorite outright. And I'll tell you the favorite that I'm looking at and a couple of games I'm contemplating for the underdog next here on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. More baseball discussion happening here on the CityCast. The Chicago one at that. Thank you for tuning in. Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can always follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. Make sure you catch my show Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. And every weeknight, vsin.com, that's V-S-I-N.com. Check it out on the vsin app, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcast, folks, and the Marquee Sports Network, home of your Chicago Cubs. All right, I told you I'm leaning Cubby's first five, but let me tell you where I am looking for VEASAN's baseball betting contest, our pentathlon. Five picks by all the shows and the hosts involved, and since I'm a singular host, it's just me and my thoughts. Scary thing, right? Yeah, what I want to play for the pentathlon. Started off with a fat L, like I was saying. Took the first five under five for the White Sox and Guardians. The quickest loss I have had this year, I think. So great way to start off the contest. Uh, we had minus 110 on the juice because it's a hypothetical $100 you were betting here. 
and whoever accumulates the most profit ends up being the winner come Friday morning. So you got to be strategic here if you start out with a loss, which I was one of the shows to do so. Because tonight, you're looking at an underdog and a favorite. And to gain back the losses, naturally, you'd want to look at a bigger underdog price. Well, it's always tough to bet on big underdog prices because, well, they're big underdogs for a big reason. It's because they stink. But are there a couple games to where it could be worth a play? For example, this Pirates and Marlins game catching my attention. It's tempting. I mean, I honestly, and I know you you know, don't have to believe me because I didn't do anything with it, but... You know, I was looking at that Pirates and Marlins game yesterday. I'm like, Rodgers, man, this guy blows. I mean, it could be worth a f- Like, if yesterday was the underdog and favorite day, I would have taken the Pirates as the underdog because Rodgers was an abysmal pitcher up to that point with his stats, and he had a bad first inning, and lo and behold, Pittsburgh holds on 5-1, to one, I think the final was. And I'm looking at him again today as one of the underdog teams because now they've won their last three games as for the Marlins are two and three in their last five and again the reason I didn't actually bet them is because who the hell wants to actually trust Pittsburgh but now that it's for a contest you don't actually have to bet it this would maybe be one of the plausible selections now they're starting Chris Stratton but it doesn't look like this is going to be a guy to go a full game I'm still waiting for kind of an update on the on the report of what the hell is going to happen because he's a reliever, right? He hasn't gone more than like two innings pitched this season. His number's not the best, but again, he's he's a reliever. So I'm still waiting to see officially what's going to happen. Maybe I just haven't looked hard enough, but again, I'm just contemplating it right now. Yeah, still kind of trying to see what's going on with that. But the big reason I looked at this, I looked at this game as well, is because Daniel Castano, I hope I'm saying his last name right, pardon me if I am not, but the Southpaw for Miami has not really been that good, as his ERA is telling you. Now, he's 1-2, and two, he's got a 360 ERA, but the true indicators, his FIP has him at 471, and his Sierra at 478. Plus, he's got a high whip of 147 and a home run to fly ball ratio of over 13%. And his last outing was brutal. At New York against the Mets, allowed uh, nine hits and four innings pitched and six earned runs. They lost 10-0. But what scares me from fading him? Well, you gotta trust Pittsburgh, who is not hitting lefties that well at all this season. But maybe they've turned a page. But conversely, Miami crushes righties at home this year. So Stratton is a righty, but again... I don't know how deep he's going in this game. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to give me an actual notice of what is happening. Like we know or are assuming it's going to be a bullpen game, but who's going to get the brunt of the workload? That's what I don't know, and that's what makes it hard to trust Pittsburgh here. And because Miami bouncing back, yeah, you probably like them to do that in this spot. Best number, by the way, eh, what is it? Plus 130 for the Pirates at Bat Rivers right now. So it's okay, but it's not great. And because of those issues, I think I may be turned into a different direction being, <laughs> I know it's it's ridiculous to want to do it, all right? I don't want to do it. I more have to do it. But the Rangers and the A's. Yes, I might have to bet on Oakland. Oakland, you can get at plus 155 right now. And I'd rather take that price than a plus 265 with the Reds because you're going against Garrett Cole in the Bronx against the Yankees. No, thank you. And the other high one is the Diamondbacks with Dallas Keuchel 
Uh, plus 175 against the Giants. Yeah, hell to the no. But Caprillion's taking the bump for the A's. Not that he's any better, but here's where there could be some good news. So, the A's did keep up with the Rangers last night. They lost 10-8, to but they kept it close. Not that that means they're going to do it again tonight, but what I'm saying is that their bats did come alive, and they could come alive again against Glen Otto. But we want to start off with Caprillion, because Caprillion's numbers are horrid. Uh, 1-5, 506 ERA. 586 FIP, 536 Sierra, and a 139 whip. I get it. It's bad all over. He's been better on the road, but still that means his FIP is 530, but that's how bad he's been at home. Here's the thing. Can he turn a page himself? Because his last two outings, he has surrendered eight hits in just two earned runs at Seattle and versus Toronto. He has gone up against Texas, and the A's won that game 6-5. to five. When 4.1 innings pitched, allowed six hits and four earned runs. I don't know, man. It's tempting. A little bit more confidence, perhaps, than the Pirates. And Glenn Otto. Now, Glenn Otto's supposed to be this good young pitcher, and he's had okay starts, and he throws some heat. But, man, he's 4-5 and five with a 5-2-6 ERA, which is worse than Caprillion. A 5-23 FIP, which is in just as brutal territory. And a 5-40 Sierra, which is worse than Caprillion. He's got a 150 whip, which is worse, and he's walking over five and a half guys per nine innings. And at home, he's got an 881 ERA. An 8.81 ERA at home does Glenn Otto with a 398 Woba and a 556 FIP compared to 387 on the road. He has been terrible at home. Now, he did dominate in his first outing of the year, which was at Oakland, where they won 8 to 1. He went five innings pitched, allowed just two hits and one earned run, five strikeouts, great performance from Glenn Otto, but really it's been a roller coaster ever since. The Rangers have lost his last three consecutive starts. Now there's absolutely nothing to write home about about Oakland's offense. Against righties, they got a 73 WRC+. Plus. I, I understand, but that's why they're a big underdog. Texas versus righties at home, they got a 93 WRC+. Plus. Their numbers aren't anything impressive either. Their bullpen has the nod, 339 ERA and a 118 whip. Compared to Oakland's 436 bullpen ERA and a 141 whip. So you could say, well, Danny, what about the first five, right? Yeah, I I don't disagree with you here, but the thing is, I'm trying to cover some ground from starting off 0-1. And the better value is on the A's for the full game as opposed to the first five. Because obviously these odds makers are in the same line of thinking, such as myself, knowing that if the A's are going to have an advantage betting-wise, it would be for the first five innings. Yeah, they're plus 138 right now at Bed Rivers. So that's probably going to be the underdog, uh, the underdog Excuse me, I end up taking. We're at that point. Got to go with the Oakland A's, baby. That'll probably be my pick for the pentathlon. Official results will be on the website and on Rush Hour tonight. Brewers and Twins takes us to my selection for my favorite tonight and a Danny's Dime. I'm going with the Twins on the money line. The first five, I'm just going to tell you right now, the first five for Minnesota was a little bit too expensive, so that's why I'm going with the full game. If I had started off last night 1-0, I'd maybe not be betting the A's, and I might be doing the Twins in the first five instead. The reason I say this is because the Twins have screwed us with their bullpen, uh, you're going against Milwaukee's bullpen. 
And the starting pitching nod does go to Minnesota, so I would rather just trust them for the first five. But I still have enough confidence in them to bet not only for the pentathlon, but for Danny's dime on the Minnesota Twins, minus 138 on the money line. Full game. They got Josh Winder take of the bump. The righties 4-2 with a 3-12 ERA, 4-10 FIP, 4-62 Sierra, and a 124 whip. Not great, but some of his other underlying metrics show you that he can be a good pitcher. I mean, 8% home run to fly ball ratio, 6 strikeouts per 9 innings compared to just 2.7 walks per 9, and he's got a 276 BABIP, so very respectable. His numbers at home are fine, 314 ERA, 291 WOBA, 415 FIP. It's going to be his first home start since May 12th against Houston. Six hits, three earned runs. They lost 5-0. But his last two starts have been promising. At Chicago against the White Sox, at Cleveland against the Guardians, he combined to go 11 innings, 11 hits, two earned runs, and two wins. All right, let's go, Winder. Keep it up. Milwaukee's thrown out Jason Alexander. No, not the actor. The pitcher right-handed. At that, 2-1 this year with a 4.75 ERA. That's concerning, but let's see what his FIP shows out to be. 4.66, all right, so it adds up. And a 5.28 Sierra and a 172 whip. Yikes. Now he's walking about four guys per nine innings and also striking out four guys per nine innings. Not a good ratio. High BABIP, 3.41. Remember, you want to be below 300. Respectable home run to fly ball ratio, 8.6%. He has been better on the road, 421 FIP compared to 523 at home. He's coming off a terrible outing against the Cubbies. 5.1 innings pitched, 8 hits, 7 earned runs, and they lost 8-3. Brewers have now lost their last 4 out of 5 games. Not the Twins have lost their last 3 out of 5. However, the Twins dominate at home and especially against righties where they post a 768 OPS, a 300 flat BABIP, a 333 WOBA, and a 117 WRC+. Very, very strong numbers. Milwaukee's numbers against righties aren't too bad either. 746 OPS, 283 BABIP, 325 WOBA, and a 107 WRC+. Now we told you about the bullpens. Minnesota's can be sketchy. But if I'm not mistaken, they had the day off yesterday, so maybe they can be rested. Or did they have the day off yesterday? Maybe not. Maybe they did. Well, regardless, I still like the Twins as my favorite in this spot because the only other favorite that I would entertain in trying to get a respectable price, because remember, this is all about profit, would be the Cubs' first five. But I don't have that much faith in the Cubs and you're going against one of the hottest teams if not the hottest team in the big leagues in the Baltimore Orioles yeah both teams had an off day uh, yesterday for the Brewers and the Twins Brewers coming off a win at least Brewers or I mean Twins coming off a win at least excuse me at Texas six to five Brewers just dropped two out of three against Pittsburgh so that's going to be my favorite play here, folks. Twins money line minus 138 for the pentathlon and for Danny's dime. But I'm sure I'll have more by the time we get to rush hour tonight. And not only in baseball, but we're going to be continuing our preview with the NFC West. Last night, gave you my two cents on the 49ers and the Rams, the two favorites to come out of the NFC West. The shortest odds, meaning. Tonight, we'll look at the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Got a little bit more conviction with these two teams. So make sure you tune in. Check it out. If not, you can always get the replay on VEASAN or on iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, folks. 
But always appreciate it if you like and subscribe to the CityCast. You get notified right away when the episodes get released. Helps you out if we got a day game such as we do today with the White Sox. Man, let's hope they turn things around. Let's hope I turn things around for the pentathlon. I know it's only the first day, but you don't get many opportunities. Let's make up some ground. Oakland, please come through for us. It's gross to do it, but sometimes you got to go in the mucky waters to get that victorious shining light. That has never been said before, but I'm saying it now, so let's hope it comes to fruition, and let's hope the Twins give us a sweat-free winner as well. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Again, Rush Hour tonight. Make sure you check it out. Appreciate you listening. Best of luck with your plays. We'll catch up again soon.